0: Alright, Ed, welcome everyone to Dark Feather Gaming. This is our gaming news podcast, and as always, this is Thor, here with... Doc?
1: And Sasquatch Senpai.
0: Alright, so let's break this week open with our featured news. Uh, Why don't you start start us off there, Sasquatch? I know you have something for us.
1: Yeah, a couple bits of news. Uh, New World's seasonal gameplay, which was supposed to kick off on Tuesday, the 28th, was delayed until the 31st when this podcast goes live, which probably isn't the worst thing since typically whenever they change anything within that lumberjack engine, they cause a bunch of issues. So they probably decided to get a head start on that already. Hopefully we'll only have one or two game breaking issues and not seven so on the 31st those seasons will go live so you'll have a bunch of new story content uh, and some new daily items you can do just to kind of get some progression along with the new cosmetics and other randomly random items or crafting materials and everything available within that very destiny like season setup also magic the gathering is having a kind of a big shake up here
2: for the first time since I'm trying to think here Planeswalkers well we're getting an entirely new card type we're not talking like sagas
1: which are just a subtype of uh, enchantments or anything like that or MDFCs which are just you know, a double face card, which have already existed, but already two existing card types I'm um, an entire new mechanic called battles. They're definitely very new for the game. Uh, you play a battle on the opponent's board and then you attack it. It comes into play at sorcery speed, um, which then it comes into play. It does a certain effect, like you're playing a permanent. It is a permanent. Then you attack it yourself or shock it or anything else that deals damage to any target or specifically a battle. Then once you defeat that battle, it flips into a new card. Typically, what we have here are planeswalkers, enchantments, or creatures. So that'll be kind of interesting. And along with March of the Machines, a couple other new mechanics. You have the backup ability, which when a creature comes in, it does backup X. And that is... Putting a plus one plus one counter for that amount on a target creature. And also the abilities also listed on that card until end of turn. Incubate nice. it's much like Morph. A colorless artifact comes into play with two plus one plus one counters on it. You can pay two to flip it, and then it's now a um, colorless Phyrexian artifact creature with two counters on it. So I, I could be a lot not power pretty quickly. <laughs>
3: I am looking forward to that mechanic. Um, I have every intention of building a blaster combat DJ Transformers deck around it. Uh, because when he's in robot form, he gives all of your uh artifacts modular one. And then you throw all of those at something like Ashnod's altar. The- put all their plus one plus one counters on something else.
1: Don't forget the Ozelec because then if they die everything gets stacked on there nice and neat for you yep. so you don't want it there. Yep. All right, but that will about cover it for me from our featured games. I know you have a absolute shit ton and something I donated yeah. to you as well, Thor.
0: Yeah, I've got a, a mess of stuff here. So um, for Final Fantasy XIV, a lot of stuff going on. Um, there's obviously it's mm, anger's already flowing. We'll cover this later. It's festival season and convention season. So lots of festivals and conventions going on. Um And so there's been some interviews and some new information coming down the line Um, for events right now is Hatching Tide, which goes until April 10th. And it has been lovingly dubbed Tonberry Tide this year um, with lots of Tonberry themes. The rewards even include a full uh, Tonberry outfit um, and an emote that gives you a Tonberry eye glow, which is pretty neat. Um, so as far as hatching tide events goes, this one's actually pretty neat. They're they're usually uh not as as uh, such. Um, <clears throat> then as I mentioned, there's been a lot of conventions and Yoshida's done some interviews. Um, in one, he has expressed his excitement about graphical updates um, with the new high resolution shaders. It looks really good. Um, this really, I think goes into my theory of ps4 support ending with the next expansion um because they're they're really putting there some work in here um and this is set to arrive on the next expansion so this is i believe um the first time that yoshida has actually mentioned something about the next expansion and what's going to happen Um, and this was at pax east uh, but he talked about a graphic up graphics update that will arrive with 7.0, i.e., the next expansion. Um, when a fan asked about future projects, um, and I, I really think, especially looking at some of these graphical changes, like they're going to have to give PS4 the boot soon. Um, we'll just have to see. If not this expansion, then definitely the first like major. A uh, patch after that or at the very very least 8.0 but I, I don't think it'll even get that far. We'll just have to see.
1: Um PS4 might be playing FF 14 through NFTs at that point.
0: Yeah. Um and then um Yoshi P has also teased crossovers with several Final Fantasy games including notably Final Fantasy 16 and the Final Fantasy seven remake. Um he talked about how Final Fantasy XVI is coming out soon, and it would be nice to look into doing a crossover for Final Fantasy XVI. Um, and then he also talked about Rebirth and said, "quote I know we are going to be releasing another installment in the Final Fantasy 7 remake series, and I'm hoping that once they have been able to release all of what they need to do, and the team has had a chance to slow down and take it a little bit more easy, I would love the opportunity there as well for." crossover excuse me for crossover content and that's something i theorized a little while back too and i think with the direction the final fantasy 7 remake series is going and the direction that final fantasy 14 is going i don't think it's unreasonable to uh see a very canonic crossover there and lastly in the realm of final fantasy um in one other interview, he also mentioned that we may see more content around the heart of Sabique later. It has been, um, it was very heavy in A Realm Reborn and was kind of left in the dust after Ultima, um, but there is a lot of lore to be kind of discovered there. Um, Taking a quote from Yoshida here, he says, We might not delve 100% into it, but we do anticipate having some narrative that involves discussion of the heart of Sabik. I'm not going to say what in particular, but just look forward to it. Um, And this was during the same panel where they discussed the graphic updates that were confirmed to be for the next expansion, Um, So this could very well go into the direction for the next expansion as well. Um, And then, um, just a quick note on PlayStation, we have our PS Plus monthly games for April. Um, First up is Meet Your Maker Build Raid Upgrade, and this is a day one release for PS Plus. And this is one of the monthly games, so if you have PS Plus, the month that this game is released, you get it for free. Um, and then Sackboy, A Big Adventure, and Tales of Iron. All three are uh, given for PS4 and PS5, Um, and they've made a point of stating that you'll get PS4 and PS5 versions for all three, likely in response to uh, this month's controversy around that onto some runescape news uh before the juicier news uh we do have a new quest that's come through which is murder on the border and this goes into the new fort for turn for foreign three for, for in three uh content that's been coming down as well which i haven't been able to get into it much i just have not been uh able to put a lot of time in runescape this year at all um it is there. And then finally, uh for RuneScape Classic, which for those who don't know, it RuneScape Classic is its own separate MMO now. You can share an account name with your RS3, colloquially, just RuneScape account. Um, but that's the only thing. And and you can chat with people on your friends list, and your friends list will cross over. Your levels, your experience, none of that crosses over and they are entirely different games. It's kind of a a common misconception that it's just kind of 2007 locked RuneScape. That's not the case. They release new content, new quests all the time. Um, they have a lot of things that, that RS3 or RuneScape doesn't have. Um, they've expanded, for instance, from the Legend, the Legends Guild. There's now a step above called the Myths Guild, which is RuneScape Classic and not available in RS3. So it gets its own updates. It's a, simply its own separate game that reuses your same account. Um, and it is now getting its first new skill um in 17 years so there's been talk about adding new skills because they do pump out new content but not really new skills where uh runescape gets new skills pretty often um not super often but i mean they they happen every few years whereas old school runescape it just it it just doesn't um the thing people have been wanting for years and years and years has been sailing so um they have officially announced that sailing is one of three skills that they will be considering, and this will go into fan choice as most things are for Runescape Classic. This is probably the one that'll be selected just because it's been so widely demanded. Um it's 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 been a meme for a long time. Uh, and the fact that this came out like well before April 1st is meaningful because it's more than once they've pulled an April Fool's prank saying that sailing's being released. Um the other two contenders are kind of pseudo uh skills that it somewhat exists in RS3 it's kind of like alternate universe RS3 skills um they have proposed shamanism which is kind of a if you were to make a bastard child of like herbler and and summoning um and then they also have Taming, which is, is kind of a bastard child between hunting and summoning. Um, so they both are kind of summoner-esque. Um, they're slightly different. Like Taming, you have a companion um, pet that you train by having it hunt other creatures, and you can use it as, as a companion, basically. So it's they're different, but they're similar to some of the RS3 skills. Um, Especially, I really think it'll end up being sailing, not just because people have always screamed for it, but the runescape classic fan base is very, very uh how do I want to phrase this delicately to not cause polarization in in the audience they're they're very, very aggressive about wanting to be totally separate from r s three they they are very. Uh, adamant about not wanting updates that will make the game more like rs3 they want the game to be updated but in its own unique way away from runescape so i think shamanism and um taming are a little too similar to runescape 3 skills as opposed to sailing that's totally unique that even those who don't necessarily just really want sailing would still probably choose that option just to make it more dissimilar from rs3 but only time will tell the only other thing for the featured games uh or featured news um In the world of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Shipment 24-7 has launched again to the delight of many, myself included. And this time, along with Shipment 24-7, we have Hardcore Shipment 24-7. Yes! That is all. What do we got for entertainment news,
2: Sasquatch? Well, quite a bit. Let me pull
1: that up since I thought industry news came first.
0: Oh, it does. I'm just an idiot and have see see so you guys were talking about magic the whole time at the start, and that got me like starting on my cider way too early, and now I'm all fucked up. Yeah, let's go <laughs> with industry news. <clears throat> well, some fun E3 news. Um we have quite Not a few
1: fun. major cancellations. Ubisoft has announced that they have pulled out of E3 2023. After really? committing no. to the show. So, yeah. Um,
0: and then what happened?
1: Ubisoft did release a statement. E3 has fostered unforgettable moments across the industry throughout the years. While we initially intended to have an official E3 presence, we've made the subsequent decision to move in a different direction. We will be holding a Ubisoft Forward live event on 12th of June in Los Angeles. We look forward to sharing more details within our with our players very soon. Uh, So, yeah, that happened. We also have Sega and Tencent uh, announcing that they will not be attending E3 in Los Angeles as well. This is this came the day after Ubisoft canceled. Um, So Ubisoft canceled on Monday and Sega and Tencent canceled on Tuesday. So (laughs) that's dominoes falling. Yeah, that is dominoes falling. What happened after that? The creme l'a creme.
0: E3 has been canceled. <laughs> Everyone sensitive to loud noises, turn down your volume. In three, two, one, four. I think you hit your mic noise gates, so we're good
1: here.
2: Oh wow! Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> the ESA turn down volume. <laughs> the ESA E3's owner. Um has issued a joint statement along with E3 2023 organizer Reed Pop confirming that the event has been canceled this year. Quote: This was a difficult decision because all of the effort we and our partners put toward making this event happen, but we had to do what's right for the industry and what's right for E3. Uh, this came from Kyle Mardson-Kish, ReadPop's Global VP of Gaming. We appreciate and understand that interested companies wouldn't have playable demos ready and that resourcing challenges made being at E3 this summer an obstacle they couldn't overcome. For those who did commit to E3 2023, we're sorry we can't put on the showcase you deserve and that you've come to expect from ReadPop's event experiences. So, yeah, this was going to be the first... Uh, E3 in which the general public could attend since 2019, which was also canceled.
0: Oh, and guess who had tickets for the second time in a row? Me! Two times in a row I convinced my work to send me to E3, um, and two times in a row it got
1: canceled. So, what I'm understanding here is you're the problem.
2: (laughs) Wasn't canceled before when you weren't going.
0: Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't know, man.
2: And then leaving E3 in the
1: dust, R.I.P. I don't know how it keeps coming back, and but I, it probably well, should just stop at this point.
0: And it's going to. That's my thing. Is I know it's dying. I wanted to go just one time before it dies.
1: I should have gone in 2014 like <laughs> I did when the
2: general pop could go.
0: <laughs> I should have I just
3: Yeah.
2: anyways
1: back to the fun Microsoft Activision Blizzard King Sony news the CMA has officially said that Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard will not result in a substantial lessening of competition it has full approval of the CMA and shortly following that news Japan's version of the FTC has also completely agreed. The Japan Fair Trade Commission believes the merger will not harm competition in the country. So it's now down to just the the US's FTC and Sony doing whatever they're gonna do about it. So this is now a total of five countries in favor of the deal. If you do recall,
2: Serbia, Chile, and Brazil also approved of the transaction. And this was found in Japan because Sony and Nintendo make up a major portion of
1: the uh, video game industry in the country, so this really means nothing to them because it's a a shooter potentially and a few other RPGs that aren't really big in that country. But along that... There are multiple U.S. Congress members accusing Sony of hurting Xbox in Japan. The uh, this is coming from Axios, which reports that Congress members from both sides are telling the Biden administration that Sony's business practices in Japan are blocking U.S. companies from competing in the gaming space, which could fall foul of trade deals between the two countries. "Quote today we write to bring your attention." the imbalanced Japanese video game market, which we are concerned may be a result of the discriminatory trade practice that could violate the spirit of the US Japan Digital Trade Agreement. So this is getting extra spicy in the world of Microsoft versus Sony. The Japanese government's effective policy of non-prosecution when it comes to Sony appears to be a serious barrier to U.S. exports, with real impacts for Microsoft and many U.S. game developers and publishers that sell globally but see their earnings in Japan depressed by these practices. Um, Now, this is only for the high-end console market, so don't know what that means. Probably doesn't include Nintendo if we're going by Sony's terminology here. So, yeah,
2: this is definitely taking a weird turn now.
0: Yeah, the console wars have gotten weird. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. This is the strangest
1: chapter so far. (laughs) That was something I was not expecting to see. Oh, also, um, also about that whole thing. Uh, Activision Blizzard King CEO Bobby Kotick said he was extremely disappointed in Sony's behavior towards Microsoft's acquisition of the company. But he did continue to say that this behavior, while disappointing, would not would not cause them to uh, would not cause harm to their business dealings in the future.
2: (laughs) So that was also said. (laughs) Now, we do have some other spicy legal
1: news here. Developer Iron Mace, um, the team behind the fantasy extraction game Dark and Darker, think medieval escape from Tarkov, has been issued a DMCA and a cease and desist letter by Nexon. Oh, no. No. This is extremely spicy. There is a lot of information involving this specific case. The developers who make up the Iron Mace studio were all former Nexon employees. They were working on a game at Nexon, which Nexon decided to cancel as they didn't, as they didn't see any actual profit coming from it. Probably because Nexon does a bunch of shitty microtransactions, and the game they were working on doesn't really kind of support that in any sort of even. Awfully unfair way. Um, It would just make it unplayable. It was a project called P3. The developers at Iron Mace worked on this project before the game was canceled. Oh no, looky here, all of the source code for this game leaked online publicly. The game was canceled. The developers quit. They left. They formed their own studio, Iron Mace, and Dark and Darker was announced and has been through many public playtests, an alpha, a few betas. Usually, usually free to play for people just wanting to take a look. Now, this all started, hap- what happened was Nexon issued a statement stating that this was game was a copycat and was using stolen assets and stolen everything. When you take a look at side-by-side screenshots, dark and darker is this unreleased canceled project from Nexon. So with all of that, with all of that information, Um, police in south korea where these studios are located they raided the dark and darker developers studio they took whatever relevant information they thought they needed for the case and the dmca and cease and desist have been issued and the game has been pulled from steam as well as they shut down their official discord
2: so yeah Uh, from a representative. Let's see. So this is a extremely weird case that is going on. I
1: definitely recommend taking a look at it. And most most people I've seen online have just been bashing on Nexon for doing something that they're completely within their right for <laughs> to. Do. So, yeah, um, I mean, clearly this goes to show that they probably shouldn't have canceled the game to begin with with how popular Dark and Darker was in the time that it had been out initially.
2: And other
1: legal news, Chris Avalon, he is a former writer and developer, designer for best known for Planescape Torment and the early Fallout games, who was previously in June of 2020, accused of sexual misconduct on Twitter by two women has recently been found innocent and he has accepted a seven figure payment to settle the libel suit with those who accused him of this sexual misconduct. Um, This has been an ongoing case. This is one of the first major ones in game development and just kind of led to what happened with blizzard being exposed where that's, You know, probably where people should be focusing that stuff. Quite a few public statements have been released. But part of this uh, settlement was that the two women had to issue a public statement on this as well. Uh, Mr. Avalon never sexually abused either of us. We have no knowledge that he has ever sexually abused any women. We have no knowledge that Mr. Avalon has ever misused corporate funds. Anything we have previously said or written about Mr. Avalone, to the contrary, was our, was not our intent. So, uh, yeah, this is from Carissa Barrows and Kelly Ray Bristol, the women who accused him. We wanted to support women in the industry in so doing. Our words have been misinterpreted to suggest specific allegations of misconduct that were neither expressed nor intended. We are passionate about the safety, security, and agency of women, minorities, LGBTQIA plus persons, and every other community that has seen persecution in the video game industry. We believe Mr. Avalon shares a desire to protect and uplift those communities. We believe that he deserves a full return to the industry and support him in those endeavors. Um... Mr. Avalon Avalon also released a statement saying that he appreciated the willingness of Barrows and Bristols to work with them in addressing the issues in the community. Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to be really rushed back into it. He was fired from the studio behind Dying Light 2 amidst all of these and everyone he was working with did cancel all of that work so hopefully with this sort of thing he'll be able to return to working in the games industry also steam is going to be ditching windows 7 and 8 support next year probably about time honestly um i didn't know they still supported seven (laughs) I, i mean yeah Um, The newest features in Steam rely on an embedded version of Google Chrome, which no longer functions on older versions of Windows. In addition, future versions of Steam will require Windows features and security updates only present in Windows 10 and above. That makes sense. Um, It's a lot easier to develop for, you know, current, not ancient technology. That way you can keep any sort of whole... (laughs) Uh, security risks and holes filled and covered without having to worry about something that might happen on seven or eight. That's no longer even supported.
2: So yeah. Um, <laughs> so just to just to let you know how many people this would
1: affect, according to steam's February hardware and software survey, only 0.09% of users run windows seven and while 1.43% use the 64-bit version and 0.5% or less run Windows 8.1 as well. Um so yeah, this is just shortly following when Microsoft entered official support for 7, 8 and 8.1 as well. So I mean, upgrade your shit, come on. Like you're just putting yourself at risk. <laughs> Jake Solomon, former a uh, former director of the midnight sun at fire axis known for their term based tactical RPGs, most notably XCOM recently announced that he is departing from fire axis after 23 years and wants to develop, wants to start his own development studio. Um, he does believe that he has added all he possibly can to the term based strategy uh, genre. And after 23 years, He would just like to move on to new products. No idea on anything else yet, aside from perhaps a life sim.
2: So that's definitely a change. Also, turns out that the
1: Chinese versions of Blizzard's games may have been shut down to a big
2: misunderstanding. Uh Oh, so. Oop. Let me let me find the exact quote here. Um, So the relationship between Blizzard and NetEase had been at a strain.
1: NetEase wanted to get a much larger investment from... Activision CEO get more money for their argue, for their deal, for the work they did. Blizzard didn't want to give them that much. So amidst all of the negotiating, some bad blood did form. Um, and it also didn't help when NetEase put a $100 million investment into Bungie in 2018. While Bungie was still part of Activision and CEO Baba Kotick thought that that helped them helped Bungie fall behind because the money helped push Bungie towards work on their next forthcoming games that are not named Destiny. Um so that kind of also helped that. So oh my god, where's this? It was spicy. During a negotiations call, which was held through translators, NetEase CEO William Ding reportedly said his company could pursue the Chinese government to either block or approve Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard, depending upon how the new licensing negotiations went. Um, So this could have just been a lost in translation or it could have been an actual threat. So notably, the executives at Activision took this as a threat, and they decided to not renew the agreements. Um, however, doesn't matter. Uh, much after this news went went uh, went public, Activision said that they would only agree to a new licensing deal if NetEase paid them five hundred million dollars upfront. So NetEase said no, and then they declined a the last ditch offer as well to extend the existing deal for six months in order to keep the games accessible while Activision searched for a new publishing partner in the country of China. So yeah. And that these employees smashed the giant statue of the two handed axe Gore, which was outside of their studio that handled all the business Blizzard licenses. Wow. So yeah, it could have been something lost in translation or it could have been a threat. Who knows? But we do have what was translated available to us. Now, we do have Netflix. Uh, They're also testing TV games that can use your phones as controllers. Um, So, yeah, hidden code referencing games on TV has been found in the Netflix mobile app. Um, So Netflix has been starting their own development and production of video games. Most notably, the recently Terra Nil, which just launched, which is like a reverse city builder you are reclaiming the land for nature um it is available on pc and through the netflix app so this could be the first major one we see coming through where you're using your phone through the netflix app to control the action on the tv which sounds terrible
3: yeah that sounds terrible but the
2: whole idea of that game sounds cool uh also this last one i got no i got a few oh no this is the last one i uh, uh, yeah. We'll call that the end of my my industry news.
0: Okay, I've got uh, I've got a couple here. Um, so and a couple of these just came across my desk uh minutes ago. Um, first of all, uh really Don't neat.
1: Why they came across your doom scrolling? <laughs>
0: Uh, No, I was literally looked down on my phone and I had a Google News alert for a couple things. Um, But one thing that's really neat, uh, a new feature in Discord, um, they now have the, uh, you can browse channels and you can choose channels. So you can turn channels off to where you don't see them. They'll still pop in if you have any kind of ping from that channel. Um, But otherwise, you can basically treat them similarly to threads in that, You can disjoin it so it's not seeing it, um, which basically erases the need now for all the gymnastics people have to do through assigning roles and doing self-assigned roles. If you want to see these types of channels, then self-assign this role to you so they'll appear and they don't clutter everyone else's dashboard. Now people can just choose, I want to see these channels and I don't want to see these channels. It's pretty neat. Um... Then, uh, a couple of things to kind of bring us into our uh, entertainment news. I have a couple that are somewhere between, so they make a good bridge here. Um, one is some exciting news. Uh, an Xbox exclusive is now being brought to PlayStation. Um, not one that most people would think of, but uh, Valheim is which was previously only for PC and Xbox will now be coming to PlayStation soon. And then on top of that to kind of uh take us into industry or ugh, into entertainment news next. Um this is pretty neat. I'm going to put I'm going to put this in the uh the podcast chat. So the Dungeons and Dragons movie is coming out soon. Um and there is a uh, promotion. If you go to see the movie, you can get a large popcorn in this big 20 cider container. Um, and it, it actually looks pretty dope. It almost makes me want to waste the money to go see it in theaters. I won't. I probably won't. Um, I have to. But no,
1: I need that for holding dice instead of the bb head I got well, from Star Wars years ago.
0: I'm like half tempted just to go into the theater and like buy that thing and leave. I got buddies who work at the theater and like... Go in there, not see movie, just buy some popcorn and leave? Maybe. Um, that thing's pretty cool, though. That'd be a cool little uh, container to hold dice in. Um, and then something that you'll be interested in, Doc, this just came across my Google News feed, like, m- a few minutes ago. Um, and you might already know this. Google News isn't exactly breaking on my phone, but I didn't know this. Um, the Persona 5, the Phantom X... Uh, we'll introduce two new Persona users from Persona Two. Ooh,
1: yeah, that is
2: actually kind of
1: cool. Too excited. That game is a mobile Chinese exclusive.
0: Oh, I didn't know it was a Chinese
1: exclusive.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, it is. Oh, huh. Yeah, I knew it was a mobile game. I did not know uh, it was like a Chinese-only game. Well, that's my entertainment news. What do you have for us, Sasquatch?
1: Oh, let's see here. Should I start the off with this or save it for the end to ruin everyone's night?
3: Uh-oh. Oh, geez.
1: Final Fantasy 7 NFT Uh-oh. trading cards are on the way from Square Enix. Boo-hoo. Nothing like uh, using a system known for its immense carbon footprint about a game about stopping a <laughs> company with an immense carbon footprint slowly destroying the planet. Um, so, yeah, the Final Fantasy Seven Anniversary Art Museum Digital Card Plus just rolls off the tongue. The FF7 AR-AMDCP T- a- collection will be available from March 31st and will feature, quote, art, visuals, and famous scenes from the 25 years history of the game. Um each $3.30 pack, I just converted that for you. It's actually 440 yen. Contains six physical cards and one digital exchange card displaying an alphanumeric code because that's what you want, an alphanumeric an alphanumeric code. According to the website, the collection is made up of 99 types of trading cards, three types of another normal cards, 102 types of premier cards. And three types of secret cards for a total of 207 types of cards. So, yeah. Um, Square Enix is really doubling down on this NFT stuff. Uh, buyers will need to use their engine wallet cryptocurrency smartphone application to claim ownership of the digital cards. Once you have that engine account and link the app with the Square Enix website, you'll be able to register that alphanumeric code and claim one Final Fantasy VII NFT of their choice. So it is at least worth it to say that there are physical cards you can buy. But, well, I say, mean, can really, I buy like just
0: the physical cards?
1: No, you're also getting the no. NFT. You're also being a problem. Um, there'll probably be a secondary market at least. So I'd give it a look out on eBay, but it's going to be hella expensive. So,
0: Hello, darkness, my old friend.
1: Score Enix notes that it won't initially be possible to transfer or resell the cards to a third party. So that kind of also defeats the purpose of an NFT yeah, where you can transfer and sell it. So
0: is it an <laughs> NFT or a digital collectible? There's a difference and a big one.
1: So they're calling it an NFT for the hype, but it's really just a digital collectible Is there blockchain currently.
0: behind it at all?
1: Uh... Um, it's if, using the engine cryptocurrency engine wallet cryptocurrency app. So yes,
0: that's it's like okay. I'm not even. I'm not. I'm oh, not yeah,
1: you're required to use the blockchain, but it's not actually fully on the blockchain to transfer ownership. They said, "Quote: If we decide to support the marketplace in the future, we will notify you on this website."
0: Oh, so this is a test.
1: Yeah. So it's don't buy be it. Terrible.
0: Show them the test make the test fail do not buy i was just kidding that's not the worst news of
1: the day Oh, oh. Uh, tax heaven 3000 the anime dating sim that was able to prepare your taxes was removed from steam but they were not given any indication as to why it was removed from steam so pull one out for your tax Heaven 3000 waifu um however it is available on its own website and it does actually file It does actually help you prepare your federal taxes. So if you're looking for a fun, hot and steamy papery way to prepare your taxes, tax seven 3000 might be for you. It is designed to prepare your 2022 U.S. federal income tax returns for single filers without dependents. Um, So, yeah, it does not support their twitch.io page, which is another location you can find this. Says that tax heaven 3000 does not support all tax situations and may not check for all possible deductions and credits that could apply to your individual tax situation. Tax heaven 3000 is intended for filers with simple W-2 income, does not support amended or late tax returns, and does not support state returns. This does not support me at all because I have so many different forms of income and other things that I can just look at it, I guess. Um... So, yeah, using this, you do have to share a lot of very, (laughs) you do have, you have to share your social security number people. So use it at your own risk. But the game does come with all of the, the, the EULAs and releases that it would need to gather that information from you. It doesn't store it anywhere online. It's complete local, but it was still pulled from Steam, probably because it does ask for your social security number and other information like that. So, yeah, you can play it in any other country, but it's really only designed for people in the United States because it needs your social security number. So, yeah, it's completely set up like a visual novel dating sim. So you can just kind of. uh,
2: Take a gander at it if you want, but. Yeah, have fun with that. Also and recent
1: news about Redfall coming from Arcane Austin the kind of open worldish vampire party first person shooter they are working to make the single player always online restriction go poof they're trying to stab a stake through that heart um so there was a lot of outcry to Arcane uh, arcane austin about there being an all what always online requirement for even just playing single player they did say we listen and they're working on removing that from the game now also along with redfall microsoft says it has hasn't quote pulled any games from playstation and quote despite the redfall director's claim of the abandoned ps5 plans now i still think that since That was a quote pulled from a translation to a French gaming outlet that that probably there could have also been something lost in translation there as well. It didn't sound like they were told directly to stop publishing to to Sony platforms, just that they stopped because they didn't need to anymore. But yeah, Microsoft released a full quote here. We haven't pulled any games from PlayStation. In fact, we've expanded our footprint of games that we've shipped on Sony's PlayStation since our acquisition of ZeniMax. And the first two games we shipped after closing were PlayStation 5 exclusives,
2: referring to Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, And so over in the news of
1: Counter-Strike 2, a lot of various skins for the game, which can be community traded, have gone haywire in the skins marketplace. So any ga- any skin for the game that has any sort of lighting or glowing effect is expected to be extremely valuable because of how good they will look in the upgraded Source 2 engine. So certain skins are going haywire with in the market. So stuff that previously was rather cheap and not sought after because it looked crappy in Source, well, now it's going crazy because of what it might look like in Source 2. And along with that, if there is a cheater detected in any match of Counter-Strike 2, it will cancel that match immediately. And it will not be something that was adjusted after the match through the current Overwatch system within it to detect cheaters. Multi versus the Warner Brothers Smash Clone Competitive Fighter is going offline with a relaunch planned for 2024 so after a few months of bare bones updates uh player first games decided to take the game down and remove it from digital stores on april 4th and go offline um so yeah that's going to be kind of weird and they're going to bring it back early 2024 um tony Hoon, the co-founder and ceo of player first games said that this temporary closure is an update It said they were closing the game temporarily in an update on the game's website. So, yeah, this is the first real update on the game at all, since they brought Marvin the Martian in in season two to the game last year in November. So, yeah, they're trying to hopefully do this sort of thing to kind of probably give it a little bit more exposure when it relaunches and kind of get some of that launch buzz going again with a few changes to it. Speaking of weird things happening, the GameCube and Wii emulator Dolphin is coming to Steam this year. Um, It is one of the best emulators that you can play. So only play games you ripped yourself from your hardware, wink, wink on it. But it will be in Steam. Um, So, yeah, not exactly entirely sure how they wrangled that one through,
2: but Valve doesn't seem to care. Um, It is listed on the Steam store for release in quarter two of this year. The upcoming Respawn Entertainment Star Wars FPS has had a
1: few interesting leaks here um, while posting some job ads on various websites. It has been leaked that they're looking to uh, that they're looking to hire for a shooter to be inspired by the. Star Wars. what is it? Star Wars Dark Forces and Jedi Dark Forces games of old, like really old school style doom clone so looks like they're trying to kind of maybe reboot that franchise that would be cool also resident evil 4's remakes mercenaries mode launches as a free dlc early next month and how early april 7th if you're wondering so next friday you will be able to play mercenaries in resident evil 4 Sonic Origins Plus is bringing a whole slew of Game Gear titles to modern consoles. And along with this update to the Sonic Origins library, uh, you will also be able to play as Amy Rose in all of the classic games. Now, I don't know why they chose to bring the Game Gear variety instead of the Master System, because the Game Gear has an uncomfortable zoom in on everything.
2: But here we are. But uh, yeah, it'll be a paid content update. Um, you're going to. I don't want to cipher through all that list of games. You're getting a bunch more games. You're getting like 12
1: more game gear versions of the games. Classic and beloved TMNT graphic novel. The last Ronin is getting a video game adaptation. Um, They're looking to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The last Ronin game is going to be inspired by Big action RPGs like God of War, apparently. Um, If you've never read The Last Ronin, either of you, I highly recommend it. It's fantastic. Um, The game will be based off the graphic novel, which is about the last remaining Ninja Turtle, who doesn't have an actual identity and that is kept from you. And he uses all four weapons of the Ninja Turtles in his fighting. So, yeah, this is a this was a 2025 issue miniseries by IDW, and it was written by Kevin Eastman. And it was based off of an idea that he conceived with co-creator Peter Laird in the 1980s. Um, This adaptation is being developed by an unnamed studio currently. Uh, and it is likely a few years off from
2: release, Rosen said. So, yeah. That's something to look forward to if you like the Turtles. I do. I will be looking forward to that. Same. Well, here's something
1: else then. Has nothing to do with Turtles. Uh, 2K has announced Lego 2K Drive. Um, So, yeah. It's a lego racing game inspired by the forza series
3: that could be Um, dope especially if we get to build our own cars
1: well guess what you do
3: hell yes
1: so yeah this is definitely an interesting game that was just announced out of nowhere there's a sandbox you can play in in a world called bricklandia um so yeah, quote five years ago, 2K and Lego approached our studio asking what games we wanted to work on. We pitched a number of things, but one of the things was that a car had a rich arcade game driving history. Um. So yeah, midway, this is uh, definitely something
2: <laughs> definitely coming out of left field. And speaking of coming out of left field, turns
1: out that the Last of Us Part One is having some historically bad PC performance issues. Shortly after being delayed by PlayStation Studios um for its PC launch to help try to, you know, give it a little bit of a shoe shine before release. It seems like that shoe shine did not happen and it was instead, you know, thrown to the bottom of the sea. Um yeah, so it is apparently crashing, there are shader issues, there are there are scenes that are not loading, there is incredible frame drop. It is not a port, you should probably avoid it. As of now, um as of the time where I pulled up this article, they had released two patches in an attempt to fix the port issues. As of right now, of this podcast, there have been three emergency patches, and none of them seem to be doing much for the issues for the game. So it seems like rather than just delaying the game's release uh, to give it a little bit of extra shine, they're actually trying to work on some dire issues that was apparent in the porch, in the in the port, the porch, the port. So, yeah, you're looking at um,
2: 67% negative reviews on Steam, which is never a good site. Atlas Fallen, um, the upcoming uh, game from developer Deck 13 has
1: been delayed. No longer. It will be arriving in May. Deck 13 announced that the game has
2: been delayed to August. Um, so, yeah, August 10th to be exact. This is just a couple
1: couple days after there was some public playtesting at PAX East of the game. Um, They did release a lengthy release on that. Um, They did say that uh, we'd love to give the game some extra time, which will allow us to deliver the best possible versions of Atlas Fallen. To achieve this, we have made the difficult decision to delay the worldwide launch of Atlas Fallen to August 10th, 2023. Um, it's probably never easy for developers to delay their games because that's just more time that the game can kind of be forgotten especially into much later in the year when the game's release schedule gets kind of heavily packed so hopefully this will help deck 13 get that game released and in a very good playable state however the game itself will probably be fine and fun because their previous entries the original lords of the fallen not the remake lords of the fallen that the Lords of the Fallen, not the Lords of the Fallen, but actually Lords of the Fallen, like the original Lords of the Fallen, that game. Um, and there are <laughs> other two titles, the Surgeon Surge and Surge 2. Those games are also fantastic. You should check those out if you like Souls likes. Also, I think we talked about this a while ago, and I shared a trailer with you, Doc. The zero G FPS in space boundary is finally Ooh. getting a launch next month. Oh, next month. Nice. Yeah. The tactical multiplayer space FPS is launching via early access for Windows PC on April 13th. Um, It will launch with the following content. Get ready for a list. A fully presented 6DOF zero gravity experience. I don't know what 6DOF means. Probably some space term. Full controller and mouse and keyboard support that's constantly improving, which is probably going to be important for a game set in zero G. A complete progression system with 70 levels for players to go through. Highly detailed maps, 7 plus with multiple classic game modes. Daily, weekly, and monthly challenges for players to participate in. User feedback and bug reporting systems. Detailed character weapon loadout customization. Party and voice chat systems to allow for team coordination and playing with friends. Um, so yeah, this is a an FPS, a tactical FPS from the sounds of it. That takes place in zero gravity in space. So full on actual space suits like you see astronauts wearing anymore. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in. Um, It's going to be on Steam. You can take a look and check that out since they did go. I think we commented on it, and you said something about wanting like a space shooter. And I mentioned it. And they had released nothing since
2: pre-COVID. But surprise, here we are. Now, Square Enix uh, on the other side of the NFT is doing
1: something cool. They are releasing Live Alive. It's coming to PS4, PS5 and PC next month. So it is a fantastic, um, (laughs) fantastic remake. It was originally released in 1994, and it's a whole bunch of smaller stories compiled into one grand RPG. You would probably really like the store, so you should check it out when that comes out.
0: What was it called again? Live alive, or live, live or
1: live a al- live, or live a, like or live a live, or live alive. Probably.
3: There, there was a bunch of talk about it in uh, some of the Facebook groups we're in.
2: Uh, not okay. too long ago. Yeah, so you would like it. it's uh, turn-based battling, so.
1: There's also positioning of your party members, which will play a role in that combat as well. So it's a little deeper than typical, like old school Final Fantasy turn based because you do want to position them on the battlefield as well as you can. Rounding up my end here, my last two articles turns out um Netflix is releasing a Scott Pilgrim anime series, and you know what? They're doing this right. They're bringing the live-action movie cast back to voice all of the characters. So I that's think that's pretty cool. cool. That is going to be fantastic. So you're, yes, this is a, this is a, this is a list: Michael, Sarah, Mary Elizabeth weinstead Karen Kulkin, Satya Baba. Chris Evans, that's the best part. You're getting Captain nice. America back as Lucas Lee. Um, yeah, this is, you know, Brie Larson back as Envy Adams, you know, pre all of their stupid Marvel fame. Aubrey Plaza's coming back. Um, yeah, they're getting they're, any major character they're getting back, which means we'll probably also get a little bit more since it's going to be an anime adaptation. They'll probably flesh out stuff a bit more as well. So they originally that's did want to make, they did, originally did Edgar Wright. Has been quoted as saying he wanted to make the original movie more than one movie, but was afraid people would lose interest, take on too long. So hopefully we'll get his actual um, vision of the comics adaptation.
0: Nice.
1: Um, Let's see here. The anime will be animated by the Japanese animation studio Science Saru. They are known for Devilman Crybaby and the Heikey story and Inuo. Um, like I said, Ed- Edgar Wright is returning as executive director with the author Brian O'Malley and artist Ben David Gabrinsky as executive producers on the project, writers and showrunners. So this is going to be a really good adaptation. You're getting the great director for the original movie as well as the writers for the original comics. So, And lastly here in news that made me utter something I never thought I would would say um dungeons and dragons dlc is coming to minecraft with a 10-hour campaign and (laughs) i've never wanted to play minecraft before um so this will be a dlc for the minecraft bedrock edition so this isn't like the java one this is their standalone clients where it's just the base game you have some modifications you can do um how this is in collaboration with everbloom games the developer of a few other things. Um, In this DLC, you'll be visiting visiting some Forgotten Realms locations such as Candlekeep and Icewind Dale. Just, you know, in Minecrafty versions. Now, the big thing here is it's going to be a 10 hour campaign story campaign that's fully voiced where the players will be playing as barbarians, paladins, wizards or rogues with associated abilities. Um, so you'll have beholders, mimics, mind flayers, and dragons to fight within this Minecraft
0: Dungeons and Dragons DLC. I really liked um, how that. I really liked that beholder in the like the thumbnail right? the article. <laughs> uh right?
3: To add on to this, um, I saw something today that Wizards of the Coast is adding stat blocks for all of the classic Minecraft baddies, like the creepers, the whatever's in the nether portal um to dungeons and dragons so it's a double crossover yeah so you'll you'll be able to put creepers into your campaigns
1: yeah so this is kind of a big (laughs) overhaul dlc for minecraft because you're getting class abilities special attacks you're rolling dice and stuff so uh, yeah um, a little synopsis on this it is it's an adventure that in time, honor bound tradition begins around a table in a basement before heading to the Forgotten Realms.
2: Ah, nice. Um,
1: so you'll be able to cho- You'll be able to customize your chosen classes. That's when you level up, shop and interact with NPCs at hubs before heading out into more open areas and rolling 20-sided dice to determine how you'll proceed in certain situations. So, um there's no release date for this yet, but
2: it is supposedly arriving this spring. So, fairly soon. And with that, I will have that's that's my roundup on all of <laughs> the entertainment news that I've come across
1: or at least thought worthy yes. of mentioning.
0: Well, this week, I've not been up to much review-wise. It's been back to work for me. Um, I have been still playing Legends of Dragoon and Persona, um, putting some time in Modern Warfare, trying to get my Battle Pass pass finished in time. There's a little less than two weeks left now. Hopefully, the uh, hardcore shipment 24-7 will help me get over that uh, threshold. Uh, how about you guys? What have you been playing, Doc, the last week or so? Um, played a bunch of Destiny. Getting
3: getting pretty close to fully caught up on all of the new quests that were added in the uh, new expansion. Um, I started playing Ron Weasley and the lightsaber of Destiny. I mean, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which has been pretty cool. Um.
2: I would like to officially welcome you to
3: 2018. Hey, thanks. Uh, there's a sequel coming out in a couple months, so that's kind of cool. So I figured I should get it while it was on sale for five dollars. Um do you, I don't have care. Games?
1: Do you have games pass? Yes. So with games pass you do get EA Play. It might have been on EA Play as well.
3: Yeah, but then I have to like actually launch Games Pass, and this was on Steam.
1: You know, I used to think that, too, but Games Pass
3: is the second best PC storefront now, and it's actually usable. I do like the storefront. I just continuously forget that I have it and have access to it. <laughs> that's fair. OK, that's fair. Like, I have been gaming on Steam since Valve released it. Go 1.6. Like, it's it's home to me. It's familiar. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Grandpa. <laughs> Let's get you back what, to bed. What, what was that? <laughs> I need my ear horn. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for what I've been playing this week. Not a whole lot. What about you?
2: Um, well, let me just pull up my Steam catalog here. Been
1: doing a bit of Lost Ark with the new artist class that was released. It's eh. I like. I like playing through all the stuff and not using the power passes I have, but the world's kind of dead at that point. So it gets really boring. So it's been really lackluster in between playing Lost Ark right now because everybody's at the end game doing I, end game stuff.
3: I played quite a bit of that when it first uh, released in the US, but mm-hmm. kind of dropped off and haven't touched it in a while. <laughs> it legitimately
1: has like some of the best like MMO style fights you can do. But you also have to play forever to get there. And honestly, the crafting system, it's kind of bunk because there's a lot of luck involved in it. So you can waste a lot of time, potentially. Um, Much like you, I've been playing Destiny 2 as well. I'm mostly just completing the weekly stuff for the season um, since I've unlocked everything I need to for the season um so just doing tasks as they pop up i was supposed to be playing new world with that new season but that's been delayed till tomorrow you know i also really want to display some really solid action rpg combat so i started playing black desert again so that's always fun playing one of the 10 new classes i didn't know existed um valorant what else what else a few things a lot of magic been playing a lot of magic that's something i do that's probably the thing i play the most of
2: because i can just kind of do it on the side so i've also been playing and thinking a lot about magic (laughs) always about that expensive gadget card game yeah i should buy a printer
0: All right, it looks like that's going to do it for us for this week. So thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe, all that good stuff. And remember, if you come join us in Discord, you can check out the recordings live every Thursday night. Well, then it's not a
2: recording.
1: Then it's just a live show.
0: Well, okay, the show live. I don't know. The action of us recording. Um, Yeah, that works. (laughs) All right, thanks for tuning in, everyone, and have a great weekend. See you next week.
1: Johnny.